Welcome to the Psychology of Case Management podcast, the show that helps you use psychological ideas to strengthen your relationship with your catastrophically injured clients and their professional network, so you can achieve more for your clients and feel more fulfilled in your role. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm Dr. Shabnam Berry-Khan and today's topic is human resources, HR if you will, and the role it plays in personal injury work. It's um, not a a union that I would have, before being a case manager or a treating psychologist, would have ever thought would go together. But um, as I've progressed and done this for a number of years now, I realised that HR work in the work we do in case management is absolutely crucial to the smooth running of what I understand as being the single biggest component of any personal injury claim, which is the care. It is crucial that we get that right because it has an impact on rehabilitation. We all know that, but it's the hardest thing to get right as well. So with that in mind and thinking about what are the factors that will help us manage from a human resource perspective, our care teams for our personal in, personally injured clients, how will we get the best out of them? What is it that we need to think about? Today, I have Cecily Lalu from Embrace HR, a company that I have uh, worked with for a little while now, and I um, have a lot of respect for in terms of their HR um, support. And uh, it's a real honor to have Cecily talk to, to me today in the podcast. So welcome, Cecily. Hello, Shabnam, and thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Thank you for your time, because I know you're a busy lady running Embrace HR, which now correct me if I'm wrong, I believe is a specific HR company solely for personal injury clients or for case management, if you will. Is that right? Have I got that right? We work very much so with case managers and deputies and families. Mm. We do have a few... um, long-term commercial clients but not many that we look after work is with personal injury you know looking after um families case managers and deputies and supporting them but as Mm -hmm. what is a very big part of the you know the scheme of things which is the care and the employees who look after our clients yeah yeah because it's like i said earlier it just feels like hr and personal injury work isn't necessarily something that I would, and maybe uh, I think our audience probably have worked this out by now, but uh, you know, it wasn't, it's not a natural fit for me because I think of it as HR as being something that's linked to bigger organizations. You need lots of people to, to justify and warrant HR involvement, but ultimately it's really sort of about, I think you said it to me earlier. It's, it's really about relationships. Absolutely. And, um, Wherever you are, there's some sort of relationship. And what I say is whether you're working for a big corporate or working in a small um, organisation or very much, you know, as case managers and teams working with clients, there's still that employment relationship. You know, whichever way you look at it, you still have the same issues, you still have the same obligations to the employees, whether they're working in a home, you know, a private person's home, or Mm. working in a big office or a big warehouse or whatever it is. 
those relationships are still there. There's still the employee employer obligations. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it actually, as long as you're employing someone, HR becomes relevant, I guess. And I suppose my question for you is why personal injury work? Why case management? You could be a HR you know, member of, of a massive corporate somewhere, multinational, I don't know. Um, and, you know, like I say, that's my stereotype of HR. But um, it's such a niche specialist area. What, what, so tell me about your journey into HR, I guess, and then eventually into personal injury work. What, what's, your, what's your story? Right, okay. I was um, an HR manager for a small company, local company, after I'd worked for lots of um, corporates. And um, working for a smaller company, started off with 20 people, grew to 70, and then came back to about 50. And I realized that the same issues are, you know, as I mentioned before, in a corporate, the same thing happens in a smaller organization. Mm -hmm. Um, By chance, I was actually contacted by a case management company. I I did not know about case management. I didn't know what it was about. Um, I was asked to do an investigation for a case management company, and that's my first um, route into, into case management. And um, working with that company, they asked me to do a little bit of HR, and I realized this is a sector that I didn't know anything about. And strangely enough, a few months later, I had a phone call from an independent case manager who said, I need some HR help, you know, can you help me? And because mm. I worked for a case management company, I understood a little bit about what she was talking about. Not completely, but a bit. And that's when my eyes were opened. One of the first clients she took me to was a family. And it was really, I think I, my heart went out to mom because I could see her point. The case manager was talking to her about how they can help her by getting staff help her with you know with her her child and um she was saying oh but you know it's it means that my home isn't going to be my home i'm going to have people here who i don't know and Mm. it it took quite a long time obviously you know it took quite a few weeks maybe even months to get her to understand that it's to help her because she was so tired you know she didn't have um, full a lot of sleep because she was looking after her child Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you know, we did get, start, get, started to get people in. I was talking to her a lot about the type of person she wants, um, you know, what the person's going to be doing, what they're going to help her with. And I could see that um, maybe that's something that I could help with. You know, maybe it's something that I can, because I feel that um, HR is a very people-orientated place. And I felt um, a lot of empathy I think Mm. and I think through the case manager I worked with I've been introduced to other case managers and it's just gone gone from there and you know we now work with quite a few deputies case managers and um, families as well that's a that's really interesting so um it's something about the the client group that you're working with that that is particularly appealing um, or at least that that caught, that hooked you in uh, from the sounds of it. So, I mean, you mentioned empathy. Is that I kind of always my my stereotype again? And forgive me, Cecily, it's because I know you well. I feel like I can say this. HR, some like the, the stereotype of HR in my mind is you know quite cold, you know, un, unemotional. 
um, people who just, um, as you mentioned earlier, would, um, you know, they have a, an employment, you know, there, there is, there's a framework that you're working within effectively. And that is almost, that almost suggests to me that it's not, not a place where you can express empathy necessarily, that it's kind of fairly clear cut in a way. So I'm really intrigued by this idea of you being actually hooked in with the ability to be empathic within your role as a HR professional. Yeah, well, I think um, whenever you're with people, when you're dealing with people, it is part how people feel. At the same time, HR, as HR people, we need to be able to understand the legalities about employing people. And mm. I think that may be where the cold part comes in. You know, we, we, we do follow process, you know, that mm. do. And I, I, I know it can be frustrating for, you know, people like case managers as well and families, because sometimes when you follow in a process, it takes much longer than you think it should take. Mm. At the same time, I think that very much bringing somebody in, helping them to understand what the contract is about, setting expectations from both, you know, the family side as well as the case manager and then what you expect of your employee and making those communications that builds every relationship very clear um, and it's a continuous journey. So I think you have to have empathy because you work in, we work in a very sensitive area and I think, you know, understanding who our clients are is really important to us. Mm, yeah, relationships are key. I mean, I would say that I'm a psychologist and obviously a case manager, but relationships do feel like they're, they're, they're key to, um, to the work you do as well. And I guess that doesn't, I mean, HR is obviously um, the overall term for, I guess, recruitment and then supporting, uh, supporting support workers once they've been appointed. But I guess that relationship building starts from the beginning. Yes, like everything in life, there's a, a cycle, isn't it? There's a start mm. and an end. And yeah. is no different. So we start when we decide we need somebody to help us and, you know, take them on as an employee. The middle is the actual management. At the start also, I think it's also about getting to know people. When you have a relationship, a personal relationship, you know, with these um you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, your husband, your family. Relationships are things that you already, you know, you choose not everything, I suppose not always family, but you choose a lot of your relationships. Whereas when you're in a work situation, there's the recruitment process and you don't, you haven't built up that, um, you know, know, like and trust. And mm. you know it, um, you've got to take somebody on because you need their help. And you, that's where you're, um, you start nurturing that relationship. So from mm. start, I say very much the contract is key because the contract helps or set the expectations. Um, it sets out, you know, the way you're going to work, what you expect, and also what the employee can expect from you as mm. the employer. Um, it says exactly what it is you expect them to do. It will help with training. And I think building that relationship means um, making sure that you're talking all the time. I very often say to, you know, our clients, 
we don't always have to have an annual review meeting because if you have an annual review meeting, it means you're only seeing somebody once a year and you're having talks about how they're doing once a year. Whereas if you have something mm. often, you know, like maybe every six weeks or even this, you can start building those relationships earlier. If there's any issues, you deal with them straight away. Nip things in the bud, as it were. Mm. I think that's, you know, that's what uh, the relationships are. And in a family home, it's so important because parents have already gone through quite a lot of trauma maybe before they come to start taking people on, you know, as employees. And our employees should be there to support them. And they don't mm. be able to support if they know what's expected of them. I think that's that's so important. I'm really glad that that sort of context, the trauma context, the unfamiliarity of having people in your home, which is where I guess that empathy comes in. And so that sense of trust and needing to nurture, not just your support work, not just the employee, but actually the family as an agent within that relationship and within that dynamic. It's so important. And it's, um, it's great that that, that is how you um, frame, I guess, any involvement. It, with all these ideas about trauma um, and the context of you know, people being in a client's home where they would normally not have had other people in their home and these people, have, they have a responsibility to, or there's, a, you know, a, a legal framework around them. I can see how it starts to make sense when you said that actually the frameworks and the processes that you need to follow can sometimes take quite a long time to, to go through, to implement. I, I, I'm a big fan of the saying, you're only as fast as the slowest person. And I suppose it's not just about the relationship that, or the side of the relationship that is in our hate, uh, in our support workers and the people that we're employing, but it's also the family, that context, that trauma context, and these, you know, with, with clients who have already had a lot happen to them. They need to be brought up to, you know, they need to be worked with at the speed that they are coming at with all of this. Yes. And, um, I always remember, again, you know, again, back to one of my our clients. Um, again, I went in with a case manager. And I do like going to meet our clients wherever it's possible. It obviously hasn't been possible. And the more we work with clients, you know, they're too far away. It's obviously a cost also for us to go and meet them. But we can do it via things like Zoom, etc. But mm. we know the clients. And I had a mom saying, well, you know, I can't come down to my kitchen anymore. It's not my kitchen. I'm mm. on a Saturday morning and just be in my pajamas and come make myself a cup of coffee, you know, because there's somebody always in the home with us. You know, it's not as if it's our place. And some, obviously, some families have got a place where, you know, their care, care staff have got a, a separate area, but not mm. as that. Mm. And, you know, when we're working with people, those are the things we need to take into consideration. Um, say, for instance, if we need to speak to a, a, a care worker, a support worker, it may not be possible to speak to them in the home because mm. you know, um, other care people, staff around and you have a family around and if you want to talk about something private, you've got to find a different way to, to talk about it. The same thing with um, parents. Now, I, I had um, 
a mum and dad parents who used to say they used to go sit out in their car when they wanted to have a private talk. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, um, there were, there's always somebody in the home. So they used mm. to go a little drive or, you know, go to the shops or something to that effect. And these are things that when we have as HR, we have, as I said, we've got to follow these processes. We've still got to take into consideration that sometimes HR doesn't come high on the list of people in the home, um, mm. more important things. But at the same time, it's our responsibility also to help to educate our uh, the case managers we work with and some, you know, the, the family we necessary, that there's certain things that we need to do. For instance, um, let's take something like DBS, we, you know, we need to clear somebody of their DBS before they can actually go into somebody's home. And some can take a, long, a, a bit longer than you think it is going to take. Getting documentation may be, may be taking longer than you'd want it to take. But all those things are important to be able to comfortably say, okay, you know, we've cleared somebody, happy for them to go and work with you now. From the beginning of a relationship, the more you talk to people, the more you have mm. that, that communication. And um, what I found is that very often we have um, issues that are happening because it's not clear to everybody what needs to happen. Um, a family took on a, a support worker, lovely person, um, just the right personality to fit in with family. But once she started working, it was clear that she didn't have all the skills that, at the level that it was expected. There were things that we could do, um, you know, which she was still in a probationary period. So we could have said, okay, this isn't working. You know, I, we think we should finish, you know, come to an end, bring, bring our relationship to an end. But the parents really liked her. She was a lovely person and she got on really well with their child. And so what we said is, okay, let's look at what she needs. And we started working with her on a little training program. She didn't pick things up as quickly as we wanted her to. And we'd given her sort of um, a time frame of, you know, what she needed to do and how she needed to do it. She had a lot of um, input from the team leader who was there at the time. And um, she didn't seem to be grasping what was needed or, you know, the care. There was a time, this, this actually went on for a while, and it was, she was there for almost 18 months. She would improve, and then she'd go back, and, you know, she'd go, uh, she, she would drop down a little bit. And eventually we said to her, you know, we need to have a look at what's happening now. And in talking to her, with, you know, we guided the case manager and found out that she was actually having personal issues. So although she was learning, she wasn't taking things in. And um, by working with her through a performance management type of role, we were able to make sure that she understood what her, her the expectations were and she was provided with the right training and eventually she actually, something clicked and we were really pleased that she turned things around and it was very much because of the support she had 
from both the case manager and the case manager communicating with the team leader as well as the family that things mm. turned around and you know she started to work really well settled in and she's still there a few years later it made a big difference but it can be frustrating mm. that's a real success story i feel um, of a performance management sort of scenario if you like because it doesn't always turn out like that does it no it doesn't <laughs> ah, and that's when we need you cecily <laughs> and many shows, um again you know what i say is just follow the rules or follow the way that you know you should manage and you should be okay because at the end of the day if you think about it it's how you do things and how you treat people i have worked with you know someone that we needed to terminate and it was actually um through a redundancy but by communicating openly and as far as possible you know as honest as you can that person actually at the end of it turned around and said thank you you know thank you for being respectful um of mm. feelings and how, you know what i and how i felt and i think that's part of it we all people and we all have got feelings and it's how we deal with them and mm. how we deal with people but yeah. i know it can be frustrating because sometimes when you follow the rules especially if somebody's been with you for quite a long time and maybe things on quite working out where you want them to work out in a small team as working with families it affects morale yeah you no know, and sometimes you've got to take um a stronger view and it might mean making decisions that you're not comfortable making and i always say you know talk to as a case manager talk to your hr person because they can help you through it Mm, yeah and i would say um that, that you know with that idea of managing expectations and the fact that there are rules to follow and the process can r- mean that it takes longer than one would ideally like it to take there is that what i call it funk <laughs> you know there's that funk in the air that happens you know and it's not nice for the family it's not nice for the team and i suppose that idea of managing expectations has to extend beyond the um the employer uh, the employee and i guess the case manager in that sense it has you know there is that bringing in and i think you used the word nurturing before and i think that's a, quite a nice word to apply to this situation there is that sense of kind of nurturing the the family into what's going on you know inducting them and, and making sure that they're aware of the process there's a lot of um I think you use the word as well education there's a lot of education for the family for the care teams for the other members of the care teams not the person who um who is you know uh, sort of um in the spotlight so to speak but you know there's you can't over communicate in some ways that's kind of how i feel um you know i uh, you know having gone through sort of this type of process um certainly with you Cecily and your team it feels like you can't say too much sometimes in terms of following the rules and iterating and reiterating you know what the process is that's right and you know shabnam i think um you know working in the personal injury sector it's a very different if you like organization to a normal business it's not your normal organization you've got to no. take people into um you know 
so many people's um, views into consideration. And that's that's really tricky, isn't it? Because the family isn't the employer, but they are the context. They are the environment in which people are working. And often it comes up, doesn't it? Well, you know, the family are interfering or the family almost are perceived as an unimportant part of the employment arrangement. And sometimes I feel as a case manager that needs to be balanced because actually, no, you're right on some level you know, the the framework doesn't almost consider them. I know we raise it in sort of contracts and um, person specs and things like that, but in terms of kind of sort of the way we we tend to to think about them, almost the family is the the weakest link, or the the, the least important of the links. I don't don't know if that's fair to say, but that's sometimes something I see, um, but that actually they are quite important in the um, the case management role because obviously we're working on behalf of the client uh, on the, on behalf of the clients with their families. So actually their perception their perce- perception and their uh, position in the work we do is actually ranked much higher. This is something that I have noticed, Shabnam, that very often because the, the, the family are so close to the employment it's quite difficult to draw that line, if you like, between, you know, it's somebody in your home almost every day. You're obviously going to get to know them quite well. But at the same time, you are, if you like, in place of the employer. You know, as a family member, you still have to, you know, be mindful of the employment obligations that you have on behalf of the employer. And it's actually something that I've thought a lot about. And I'm actually writing a book. <gasps> Cecily, I know. I can't wait. It's going to be great. But tell us about it. Tell us about it. It's coming along much slower than I expected. But um, it's hopefully it's going to be geared to case managers. Maybe deputies would like to cheat with some of their clients. But looking at very much, I think, at the family and helping them to understand, although they are not the employer, they have got an obligation, as I've mentioned, because they have people in their home who are employed, helping them to understand the things that they need to be aware of. Um, it's, going, it's not going to be a very heavy book, but something that's going to hopefully be a reminder. Mm. You know, what are the things that you need to think about? when you're recruiting because not everybody's got a case manager not everyone's fortunate enough to have a case manager yeah and so the thing to know that um, parents need to think about and I'm hoping that through the case managers that we work with and the deputies we work with maybe you know more people can get hold of this information yeah well no but I do think that there is because it is so it is unusual it's really unusual for um you know, because I think the other thing is case managers are not, you know, we're not necessarily don't have the skills to do the kind of, you know, not to, to, to say that, that we can't develop the skills, but it's not a natural skill set for case managers to have, you know, recruitment, um, managing uh, disputes, grievances, um, balancing all the expectations and, um, you know, the family who are part of our client, uh, you know, sort of sphere, if you like whose um, priorities we want to uphold. And then the care team are thinking, well, the most important thing is our client and, you know, what we're, what, what's been set out in our contract. You know, everyone's priorities and everyone's emphasis is that bit different. And so we as case managers have to kind of juggle that. 
um, while maintaining that rapport with our families, while maintaining the the best um, what's in the best interests of our clients, and while keeping retaining this care team, who um, we know um, uh, you know are, are possibly doing a, a great job, but you know they may be you know upset by by something in the in the way that that the things are going with you know as a result of being in a family home, etc. And so it's it's a really really tricky balance. Uh, I find to juggle and I, I don't I, I mean we we have like team meetings on a regular basis there are uh, I mean I'm just wondering if there are any other sort of mechanisms that communication which is what I pin the sort of managing expectations aspect of what you've said on like are there you know what is what does communication look like from a HR perspective what what's the sort of range of things that we as case managers and personal injury solicitors can think about you know when trying to to manage a team i think as i mentioned um at the beginning i believe contracts are so important because mm. that actually lays foundation for what you expect and what the employers expect and i think it's a good idea to you know help um the families understand that as well yeah. you can breach your contract you know through different ways what we do is we actually spend a lot of time on contracts because we tailor them. Every family does things a little bit differently. We have a template for a contract. We try to ta- tailor it so that it actually um, reflects what happens in that particular home. You know, part of the idea is for case managers and families to feed into what we do doing so that they understand what's in the contract. And so when something happens or say, for instance, take holiday. Holiday is one of the the big issues. Everybody wants to know what their holiday is. In the care industry, it's not as clear cut because we have many people doing overtime, Mm. working outside their normal hours. We have what we call bank agreements where you have casual workers coming in. They're not employed. You have... um, people who are on zero hours contracts, but they employed. So you've got to manage their holiday as well, their time off plus their pay. And those are things that, you know, a case manager or the family may not, well, they may not have the knowledge of how to do it. And that's something that we can help them with. So the communication is, you know, helping the employee also to understand. And what we've been doing with some of our clients is once we've, you know, we take we take on a new client. We try to have a staff meeting at some stage with the team to talk to them about some of the, the, the things that are in the contract, things about absence, you know, how do you deal with absence? Because very often we find that when somebody is off sick, they don't really communicate as well as you'd want them to. And we talk through these things as part, you know, as part of the um, the staff meeting and very often the staff will come up with ideas of how they can do things we had one just recently where one of our clients said that he was finding it difficult because some of the staff weren't able to stay away overnight with him when he had to go away and talking to the staff we found out that very often many of our care staff have got other jobs so if they mm. went off and stayed overnight, it meant that they weren't in time for their next job. And so those are things we need to take into consideration. Shifts, the way shifts are managed, 
you know, we can again help our case managers and families. And it's about communicating again, because it can't always be in every team. We, there's certain set days that people know when they're working or set um, shifts that they know that they work in. And so they can actually manage their own personal time where it's possible to set out clear rotors for specific people. You know, it's helpful both from the client, I would think from the client and family's point of view, because they have a pattern of who's going to be coming in when. Mm. From the employee's point of view, if they have, um, say, for instance, other jobs or if they've got childcare um, arrangements, if they know when they've got to work, then it's easier for them to manage that time as well. Um, so again, that's all part of the communication, you know, setting the expectations of communication. Training, I think as a case manager, you, you have to have your care training. But I think most clients we work with have regular meetings with their care staff. They have supervisions. And, you know, wherever possible, I'd say if something's not going right, deal with it as soon as possible. Nip it in the buds. Um, if you've spoken to someone about it and, you know, but later it comes back to haunt you, deal with it again. And um, so long as somebody knows what the expectation is and they know that, okay, if I'm going to do this again, this is, I've been told this is the second time. Next time, it's going to be more formal. They are, they're going to change the way they do things. Well, that's what we hope. Um, if they're not told, if they're not informed that, you know, they're not doing something the way you want them to do it, they're not going to know. And very often I find that if something's not dealt with, it starts, because the, the, the molehill starts becoming a mountain. Mm much more difficult to deal with yes dealt with right at the beginning yes not for the avoidant personalities <laughs> is managing hr is it <laughs> it's uh, yeah you've i mean i think that's a really like a really good point that you know nothing can should really be left until it becomes bigger and uh, you can't bury your head in the sand and that's the real I think that's that's one of the the biggest challenges uh, in case management that everything has to be dealt with at the moment that you know at the point of them kind of being revealed if you like and so it can be relentless uh, which is why I think your point at the very beginning which was you know think about um kind of relationships you know at the point of recruitment and you know all the way through to the end because you will be able to kind of work out who's going to be a better fit I suppose, or who's going to be a good fit for that client and um, who's going to ultimately make life a bit easier in terms of, you know, managing, because it could get very, very tricky. So Cecily, you've written a book, or you're writing a book, shall I say. What are your three top tips for us when working with personal injury clients and family members? What would you say would be a helpful sort of strategies maybe or, or tips for us as case managers and deputies and uh, personal injury solicitors listening in? Okay, I, I would say from the outset, um, you've just touched on it, Chapnam, is make sure you know who you want to bring into the team and why. 
So I'd say very clear job descriptions so that it's much easier when you want to recruit. Communication is the other thing. Um, I think communication with the care workers, you know, with the employees, with the families and with the deputies and with your HR people, you know, keep them in touch with what's happening. Because sometimes, even if you just have a quick chat about something that may be worrying you, or even, um, you know, sometimes we find that we, we're not always clear who the staff are because things happen, like say, for instance, you've got bank staff. It may be that you're not using them very often, but we may still have them on the, our books. So mm. talking about these things, I think keeping us informed about, you know, who's there. If you have any issues with um, staff, you're not clear about, you know, what to do, just pick up the phone and talk to your HR person and they will very often be able to help you. Make sure that, you know, your contracts are clear about what your expectations are and make sure that your staff know what the expectation is. And a big one, I think, is because of the arrangement of this, the, the employment with the personal injury staff, sometimes the staff don't actually know who their, employ, uh, their employer is. Mm. They think it's the case manager. They may think it's the parent. Sometimes they think it's HR because, you know, they may not realise it's a deputy. So that's something that's also important to make sure they know who the employer is. Yes, that's really important. I mean, I suppose it... Um it then raises uh, the kind of question of, well, if you're not my employer as a case manager, then why am I even talking to you? And, and so that becomes a, another issue in itself. That's it. And, and that's why I think it's really important when somebody um, is taken on during that induction period, you know, it's very important to set the scene. Mm. Clear about who's who and what it is that is expected of them all those little things even about reporting you know keeping in touch um when you need to contact um you know your your manager who you need to contact if you're off sick do i contact the parent do i contact the team leader do i contact my case manager those are little things but you know in the bigger scheme of things it means a lot and very often you know it's the parent who needs to know first and very often the case manager or a team leader, because then they say somebody's going to be ill or not at work, they've got to get somebody to, to you know, to cover the shift. Mm. Um, communicating what may be seen as little things, but it can make a big difference to the care team. Yeah, no, definitely. That's very helpful. Thank you. I think there's, 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 there'll be a million more suggestions and tips that you, I'm sure, would be able to impart to us, but we'll stop it there for now. I, I just don't find HR, uh, like working in personal injury world and as a case manager and how complicated the HR processes are. I think for me, um, as a case manager, my maybe fourth tip, if I were bold enough to say s such a thing, would be about how we as case managers would do well to keep in touch with the deputies about why something is taking as long as it is and uh, and our litigating solicitors of course as well why things are following the process that they're following because sometimes um, some of these issues just feel like they um, need investigating they might need 
more evidence building. They're based on receiving uh, information from colleagues, etc. And until I entered grievance procedures, which Cecily, you've coached us through very well, I, I don't think I would have even thought about some of the things that you have shared with us over the years. So definitely need a HR company involved. Don't try and do it on your own. I think we, most of the audience will probably have worked that out already. But it's, yeah, it's, like you said, it's a massive responsibility. And I think it's, and I, th- I would say it's really important that people, uh, the case managers and, and uh, our PI professional uh, audience knows that there's HR and then there's HR in, per- in the personal injury world. And you are best off getting a HR company who understands personal injury because the, uh, as you say, the nuances and, and the context are just so much, so different to working in the corporate world that um, we need people like Embrace HR and Cecily. So tell me, Cecily, if we were, wanted to get in touch with you, how would we do it? Okay, um, our website is www.embracehr.co.uk. And our phone number and contact details are, are on there. Um, just give us a call or drop us an email to hello at embracehr.co.uk. Yeah, lovely. And your team is pretty stable, isn't it, at um, Embrace HR? So you generally will have, you know, you'll either get you, Cecily, or um, one of your admin team, yeah, which is really great. And I know you've got um, a couple of other people working with you as well, yeah. at least in terms of the, the core team, I suppose, which yeah. is really good. We've got a senior HR um, advisor, Misty, and Dina and Bridget are our HR administrators, who are very, very um, experienced people, and they do a job share, so there's always someone around. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. And, of course, look out for your book. Yes, eventually I will. Eventually. Yeah, no, well, we'll we'll definitely uh, want to plug that because I think, again, it's a resource that probably is like no other resource out there. So um, we we probably would do well to to look into that when it's out. Well, Cecily, look, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, to have you on and for you to share your expertise. So I guess it sums it up as communications and relationships in managing expectations. That's kind of the name of the game. So Cecily, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really informative. Thank you, Shabnam, for having me. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, if we can help in any way, please do give us a shot. Uh, No, brilliant. Thank you. We'll put your details in the show notes. Thank you all for listening. If you did like this episode, please uh, like, share and comment on uh, whatever social media platform you use. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Before you go, if you enjoyed the episode today, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate it on whatever platform you're listening on and share and like on your social media profiles. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow and to be a continuous resource for all. And if there's any topic you wish for us to cover, please drop us a line on our website. Thank you so much for all your support. 